Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. Hope you're all having a beautiful morning. I'm here with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you guys doing? Hey there. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. That's good. How about you? Not too bad. Australia's a bit crazy at the moment. Oh, Victoria's a bit crazy at the moment, which we'll get into. Yeah, I want to hear what's going later. on over there. Yeah, it's a shit show. But we'll, we'll get into this later. Uh, so today we're going to talk about Corey's article which is Attorneys Fight for Constitutional Rights Against Tyranny. Should be an interesting one. We're going to talk about a little bit of our new video coming out on Hivemind about the Georgia Guidestones, which Edge and I dove very deep into. It's a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> Corey also wanted to talk about a doctor in Texas with a COVID cure, some stuff on Maxwell. I'm going to talk about Melbourne and Victoria. And the, we're just going to touch on a little bit about this white people brainwashing in Seattle, which I think is just crazy. I know we all got a little bit to say about that. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to roll into first, Corey? I know you wanted to bring up some some emails that you got. Well, it's not emails. What it is is it's it's just kind of – it's interesting. So my mom decided she wanted to create kind of a, you know, get together with some people in the area, in her area, and uh, – kind of create a group to talk about what's going on in our country and things that maybe they could, they could do to, to help, you know, and (laughs) the conversations, apparently it turned into this huge shit show and there were people on the left and people on the right chiming in. And of course, as we often see, and I'm not saying that people on the right are never like this, but as we often see, the ones that chime in on the left are just very attacking, you know, whereas the ones on the right are just, they're trying to have a conversation. So I wanted to just read a few of these because I find this very interesting. Um, it's not in social media. You know, this is like a local community type website. And so, so here's, <laughs> she ended up, she ended up removing it because it was creating so much conflict. But then some people messaged her directly. So she's going to get in touch with them. Um, so we have, uh, I'm just going to read a few real quick. So one of them on, you know, who's more conservative. And, and of course, mom mentioned she was conservative in it, but it wasn't, it was more just like a group thing. Like, let's just all talk about what's happening to our country and what we can do. So one says, I could not agree more. Unfortunately, you're getting the exact response I expected. Say anything whatsoever on social media contrary to groupthink, and you will be viciously attacked. God bless. I'll see you in November. So we've got, uh, let's see, not sure why you removed your message. We do have the First Amendment. I have a feeling the, the people are liberals in this community, referring to are liberals, which means they might delete any pro-right ideas and comments. To be honest, I'm scared to death what's going on in our country and world right now. And if the Democrats get back in power, I truly think our country, as we know it, will be devastated to the point that we will not be able to reverse. So I'm trying to find... Okay, so there's a gal that was coming in, stirring up all kinds of, you know, she's she's 
snapping at people about they're just re- listening to Fox News and regurgitating it. And she's referring to everyone as country folk. And so one comes in and says, first of all, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not country folks, but it was country folks that made this country great. But now it's the radical left Marxists that are trying to tear it apart. Why? Fox is the only network that at least gives more than one opinion, unlike CNN, etc. They hate Trump, and all they spew is hatred, false negative garbage that only split our country even more. Um, so, so anyways, it goes on and on, but I found it interesting because it was kind of like very similar to what we see happen on social media, but these are people that, that all live in surrounding neighborhoods. And, and, and this is in a blue state that, you know, is somewhat split, but it's always been blue and it probably honestly will for quite some time. Um, the deep state runs deep here. So I thought it was interesting just to see what was going on with people in the, in the neighborhoods, you know, was there more, was there more positive input or negative input on that message? Definitely more positive, I would say, um, because the negative was from two specific people that just kept, you know, just kept on. Whereas most, most of the other people were just um, wanting to have conversation and talk about this. But, but I mean, there was, there was a mix. There was a mix. There was one person on the right that, or on the left rather, that wasn't quite so vicious you know, a bit rude, but not not quite so vicious. Wanting to get their thoughts out, so it was it was just interesting to see. But I believe it she is interesting. Gonna, I, I do think she's going to contact um, the ones that messaged her directly, and you know, talk with them and and see what they might be able to figure out and work together and do. So it's a microcosm of what's really going on. You know, they're everybody's right. so divided right now. You're either really strong for one side or the other. And mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of dialogue going on between them that's productive. It seems like right. people are pretty set in their ways and their decisions at this point. Um, I can say just from personal testimony that my mom had a conversation with another family member this week who is liberal, my mom's conservative, and they were talking about the election and the other family member said they were gonna vote for Biden and my mom was like, but don't you realize how senile he is? And that other family member said, yeah, but his wife is, you know, has all of her wits about her. Like, like, like they were okay with with, with Biden's wife running the country. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) and my mom had gotten into kind of a a tiff over this and she (laughs) called me all upset and I I was like look you know this is why I really switched you know from speaking to people in my personal life to more of doing what I do here because I can reach more people this way and um, you know I just discovered that you know relationships can get really broken over these things and people do tend to be very set in their ways. They have to be, you can tell when people are ready to listen because they start asking questions and that's when you have those conversations. Right. Well, and also I think that a lot of people 
there's a lot of closet Trumpers, you know, and there's a lot of people that are just afraid to speak up or speak out because of all the backlash that we're seeing. And quite frankly, the racism that they're trying to flip on white people as well. There's just craziness going on. So by people listening to podcasts or going online and researching for themselves, you know, you do reach more people because they're at home in the in the comfort of their own confines and they don't have to worry what other people are thinking or arguing with people. They can just do their research or listen to the podcast and get the information they need. Yeah, it reminds me of a story of my dad. So, so my, my dad's conservative, like me, probably a lot more than me. I, I'm, I'm generally more liberal in the way that I think. It's just at this time in history, I... I rather support the side that I think is more logical and good. So, uh, but my dad and his brother just clash all the time. Like his brother is a bit of an asshole, loves CNN, and they clash all the time about politics, right? And yeah. uh, they, they, were, they were selling my grandfather's house. This has gone back about six months ago. And um, the realtor is like taking him like to the house, telling him how much they're going to get for it and stuff. And the discussion of Trump came up. And my uncle was just carrying on about how, how he's a criminal, how he's a racist. My dad stayed quiet and the, and, and the realtor stayed quiet. Um, and then my uncle left the room and my dad looked at the realtor and the realtor's like, uh, you know, I've, I was just bullshitting. I don't really believe anything he says. I just wanted to be nice, but this is crazy, aren't they? <laughs> my dad's like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. Because like a lot of people do stay quiet about that shit or like agree with the other side just to keep the peace. They do. And you know what? I actually, so I had to have uh, a handyman come over yesterday to help me with a few things here. And we started talking and he, uh, I could tell he was, he was very woke to the corruption and what was going on. So we ended up talking for a couple of hours and, and he said, most people he knows know exactly what's going on right now. They see the game, they see what's happening. And a lot of people are, are supportive of Trump because they're tired of these games. So, Yeah. It's funny, you know, if you engage people first, then they're like, oh, they want to talk to you about it. <laughs> if you just got to be able to read people and know, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you definitely don't want to provoke an argument or because it can get it can. It just seems to like escalate quickly. Very quickly. If, yeah. if you, but if you challenge anyone's beliefs, like and especially if those beliefs are so ingrained. Mm -hmm. And had just been taught from them since an early age, which a lot of we see a lot from the left because indoctrination through college, high school, all those things, it's just like ingrained. Like to them, that is the way. There is no well, dissenting opinion. Because the dynamics have become more of like a personal attack, you know? Like everyone's personalizing it. And I realize what's happening right now is affecting all of us, it is happening to all of us, it is personal. But you still should be able to have a conversation about something without personalizing every single thing, you know? Like, for example, if you say something about uh, Biden or Trump, people are taking that personally as though it's a personal attack on their own personality, their own self. It, it's very interesting to observe. 
It is because the whole race issue has been thrown into that. So if you're in any way associated with Trump or supportive of Trump, then you're lumped into this group of being racists. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it's personal. And so then that's how the personal attacks start. Yeah, right. so we're, so we're, like we can move on to the Seattle thing here because it's it's kind of relevant with the right. training the training session for white employees that companies are going for called interrupting internalized racial superiority and whiteness. That's that's the name of this program that these people are going in, and uh, this guy Christopher did a really good thread which I'll I'll link and you say in the video, but um, so he, he goes through a list of these things, the diversity trainings informed white participants that objectivity, individualism, um, and comfort are all vestiges of internalized racial oppressions. So that's where this individual individualism comes into it. So in, internalized racial superior, it's a lot of word salad. So it's really hard to follow it, but they do this on, on purpose. Right, but they've got individualized individualism here equals isolation. It's how they're taught to kind of. It's weird. It's, it's indoctrination strange. to believe in this socialist mentality. You're not an individual. You're part of a group, and you know this is the way the group should think in order to promote equality. And so they make it sound so flowery and great, but it's really just indoctrination um, of social socialist Marxist ideology and demoralization of certain people, namely white people, um, into believing that they're inherently racist because of the color of their skin and the history behind uh, people, white people before us. And so we have just this inherent privilege that others don't have. And that's like an implied sense of racism. It's 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 such a toxic ideology. Well, it's such so a destructive this, ideology. And what this is, okay, so if you scroll down a suite, so what he's saying is the city of Seattle diversity trainers encourage white employees to practice self-talk that affirms their complicity in racism and work on undoing your own whiteness. Now what they've done is they've taken, literally taken like a, a, a brainwashing program and they're openly saying, we now want you to brainwash yourself and we're going to instruct you on how to do that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's what this is. It is a brainwashing program to convince yourself that you believe that you are superior and you need to unwind all that. And you can't think like this. You can't talk like this. You can't act like this. And it's insane if you go in and you, you know, and we'll post this thread. But if you go in and you look at the language they use and the, the, the vocabulary, the word choices they're using in this, it's unbelievable. And this is, I've been hearing from people that this is happening in their workplaces across the country. All it of this, is. this you know, racism, brainwashing crap. And um, diversity training is a diversity training is a big thing going on in corporations right now. As we speak, they're having tons of meetings in these, you know, top 
500 fortune 500 companies um, where they are literally you know indoctrinating their employees uh, with the same sort of garbage and you know virtually bending a knee to the um, to the group think and the group you know ideology and uh, also as part of that um, they're they're searching people's social media I've been told uh, in a lot of these corporations and um, I've heard reports just you know anecdotal reports of people even getting fired um, from their past social media posts um, that did not coincide with the group think wow it you know it's crazy like we look at the couple that was in New York recently <clears throat> trying to paint over the huge street mural of Black Lives Matter and they get arrested for a hate crime for trying to cover up graffiti <laughs> that was painted in the streets and yet <clears throat> you see all of the graffiti and all the things being done that are true hate crimes and nothing happens to these people and then just today Andy posted on Twitter uh, gosh where was that I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was um, somewhere where there's like a rainbow, you know, pride rainbow painted across the street. Yeah, and somebody did like a burnout of their tire marks on it. And now police are looking to identify who did it because this is, this it, is a real it, story. Do you have it pulled up? Yeah, I've got an idea. Investigators okay. would like to speak with the driver responsible for defacing a recently installed pride crosswalk. It's a crosswalk. You drive over it with the cars. This is this is a real post. So yeah, and there's a tire mark there. So yeah. and they're they're calling this like a, a hate crime too, right? Mm -mm. It's oh god! It's, I I cannot believe. Like I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is actually real. Like you're spending yeah. resources. This is on the level of, of it's all intimidation. It is all intimidation to get people to be in fear, to not speak up, to not speak out, to not question, to uh, stand down essentially while this shit show goes on around us and they can continue to indoctrinate. Always, always being on edge to always keep people on edge and worrying about what they if what they're doing is right or if what they're doing is wrong. Right, right, and keeping keeping people silent. Yeah, and people just need to not care. Honestly, I mean, you need to not care what other people think, and you need to speak up. And uh, because this is, they've been working on this for decades, and they're just escalating it full scale right now right i mean the young people the youth they literally think that if you have a a thought or a social media post or, or if you say something that they interpret to be racist like anything pro maga or pro trump they would lump into that they consider that to be like a hate crime. They literally think that these things should be considered hate crimes, just thought and speech. Right. And right. I actually saw a video that went viral, uh, I think it was this week, where it was one of those scenarios where there were some you know, pro-Trumpers out in public and uh, there were police nearby and a, a, a young man walked up to the police and said, can't you arrest them? 
this is a hate crime. They're spewing hate speech. Uh, wow. <laughs> and the police officer was like educating this young man on, no, this is free speech. And <laughs> like, it, it's uh, funny, but it's not funny. Like, it's it's sad in a way that these kids actually think that way and they've been indoctrinated that way. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's it's terrifying actually. It it is, and you know Tatiana McGrath did a great thread. Um, that love Tatiana. <laughs> this, this is the best thread I've seen in a long time. She says <clears throat> it's an important thread. Brave social justice activists such as myself are working tires, tirelessly to expose all the racist elements within our society. Sometimes it is difficult to keep up, so I thought it would be helpful to curate a comprehensive list. Things that are racist. Golf, bedrooms, Jesus, chess. And then she'll have headlines, actual headlines, you know, that say, uh, for God's sake, Black Lives Matter activist Sean King says statues of Jesus should be torn down because they are white supremacy. And, you know, just all these crazy headlines. And then it keeps going, you know, Gandhi, cartoon characters, milk, roads, band-aids, coronavirus, rice, <laughs> Uncle Ben's rice. I mean, it, it's a huge long list. Skincare products, nurses, butter, applause, just... Because this is what they're doing. So, I mean, if, if anyone is questioning the psychological warfare taking place, all ne anyone needs to do is look at this thread. And it's just comical. I mean, this is like, this is like perfect content for a stand-up comedian right here. Oh, that's the, like, so do you know the person that is behind Tatiana McGrath? No, actually, I do not. Yeah, so it, it's, it's an actual guy I used to, like, he, he, he did a bit of stand-up and all that comedy. He's, he's from England, I think. He's been on Joe Rogan's show after people oh, okay. found, yeah, after people found out who he is because he couldn't hide it anymore. So he just came, <laughs> so he just okay. came forward. But he, he he's been doing this for a while, and he's, he's actually an extremely intelligent guy. But how he calls out, and I th I think that's the best way to tackle these people is to mock it. That's right. exactly what he does, just to right. mock the insanity behind it, and then to just to go on and do your thing. Right. Don't let don't let calls that you're racist and that you're sexist. That don't let it affect you at all because you know better. You know yourself. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But but he he's done some funny things. I, I, he actually wrote into like I think it was the Guardian about internalized sexism within the movie industry and just made up this whole fake story and Ooh. and sent it to them and they actually published it and it's still up today. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he brings it up wow. every day. He, he goes, he, yeah, he just made up this whole story just to see if they'd print it, and they printed it. Wow. Mm. I, I'll, I'll find it and I'll send it. I didn't it. know that. I yeah, didn't know I'll, that I'll, story. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. He's actually a really clever person. He's been on a few talk shows and stuff. So. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So what should we move? Let, let's move on to your attorney's fight for constitutional rights against tyranny, Corey. What are you working on? Okay, so I just published this this week, um, and there will end up being a part two eventually because there are several attorneys that are just formulating a game plan, but they wanted to wait um, to be published in here, probably so they wouldn't get you know flooded with calls right off the bat. So, so I wanted to show there are hundreds of class action suits going on right now against you know business closures. Um, the the you know wearing masks getting 
charged for being on beaches, um, impact on voters' rights, uh, legal rights, schools, homeowners, just tons and tons. So I have links in here to those because these are important to keep our eyes on, especially if you're wanting to get involved in a class action or you're wanting to start one or you're looking for an attorney. Um, there's a lot of people fighting for our constitutional rights right now, but you know, you never hear about them in the mainstream news. So I wanted to kind of gather some of this information and, um, and it's also important that just to reflect back in April, 2020, I don't know how many people remember this, but Barr, attorney general Barr came out and said that the DOJ would support legal action if governor's restrictions go too far. So he set up a hotline. We've talked about it before. Um, it's 866-720-5721, and then you press 1. And he said, we are looking carefully at a number of these rules that are being put into place, and if we think that goes too far, we initially try to jawbone the governors into rolling them back or adjusting them. And if they are not, and people bring lawsuits, we will file a statement of interest and side with the plaintiffs. As lawsuits develop, as lawsuits develop, as specific cases emerge in the states, we'll take a look at them. So now I don't know how many they've supported or haven't or how that is all working, but there are attorneys in a lot of areas that are fighting these um, restrictions. And we've got um, in California. So I basically, I list some out um, in California, in Florida, in um it well in florida so rep anthony sabatini if i'm saying that correctly he's a state representative for district 32 he also is an attorney so he's filed lawsuits in st john's county hillsborough county and orange county for unconstitutional mandatory mask ordinances so <clears throat> these are cases like i personally would like to follow along and see because some of these are going to be setting precedent and that's important if people then in other states, you know, are taking these to the courts to be paying attention to this. Um, uh, Louis Leo IV, he is uh, the founder of the Florida Civil Rights Coalition. And uh, he's a trial lawyer and he's working on cases as well. And they actually won a case where they had charged um, in Miami-Dade County they had arrested and charged over 50 people for enjoying the beach <laughs> with the whole, you know, coat where obviously these are restrictions pertaining to COVID. So they won that battle and um, all charges were dropped against the defendants. Um, we have an awesome attorney, uh, Ari Lipinski in Indiana, who's letting people know, you know, if you have any issues, um, he's, He's reaching out to people, letting them know he'll he'll fight for their rights, whether it's small businesses or ch churches, people who have suffered due to shelter in place orders and mask res uh, restrictions. And then in te Texas, we have uh, State Rep Briscoe Kane, who had tweeted out actually saying that if you get um, fined for not wearing a mask, I will gladly represent you for free. So I'm, I'm asking any, you know, attorney, state reps, anyone out there that are fighting cases right now or that are um, taking on clients, whether it's pro bono or for a fee, 
you know, reach out to me through Corey'sDigs.com and um, because I'm, you know, it's an ongoing thing where I'd like to continue to gather that information so we have kind of a resource base here that people can reference. And and then, of course, Chris Ann Hall, I have some information in here on her, who's a constitutionalist, a fantastic video people need to watch on uh, rights of the people versus government authority. And she's she's provided um, some flyers and posters for people and businesses on her site as well. So, you know, and then, of course, I get into the whole evidence on the background of the masks with the Surgeon General and Fauci and the WHO and the CDC, who've all said they don't protect us, but they keep pushing it anyways. So that's, right. that's basically what that's, that article was about. I think that's a fantastic idea. I'm so glad that you're pulling all of this information together. And I hope that more people will contact you and add to this list of resources that, you know, citizens can always refer back to um, if they need legal advice on these unconstitutional mandates. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. people, people have to start taking a stand. Like we were saying before, people have to start saying no. I'm not right. going to comply with this. Yep, absolutely. And it's great when you've got actual people on our side helping in the legality sense. Right, right, right. So what's up with this TikTok debacle, Edge? <laughs> oh, I don't have a whole lot on that. I just wanted to briefly mention it that Pompeo mentioned, uh, I believe this week, that something may be coming down the pipe with regards to banning TikTok. Uh, we know that India has done it and uh, that Australia, I believe, is considering it. Uh, and Pompeo kind of insinuated that the U.S. is considering the same. And this is based off of information we now know that uh, well, TikTok's a, a Chinese company. And so we have uh, evidence to support that they have been using this um, to uh, uh, to spy or to uh, collect information on their users. And uh, I think it was Laura Ingram who had Pompeo on when he had spoken on this. And she was like, so would you uh, recommend people download the app? And he was like, only if you want the CCP to get your info, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, they're aware of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a good thing. I mean, TikTok is, uh, you know, they're collecting data, right? You know, honestly, I I wasn't even really familiar with TikTok until this year. Yeah, yeah it really has kind of boomed over the past year or so, especially with a lot of these, you know, riots and things going on in the streets. Uh, you know, there was a lot of footage taken via TikTok. Well, and I so, think it's big among college students, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's the younger people that tend to use it. And and children. Although, you know, I do have a good friend that told me she was... Uh, so she had gotten together with a group of college students, and they were actually quite, quite woke to uh, child trafficking and pedophilia and some of the stuff going on, you know, other stuff going on in the world. And said that that a lot of that was going across TikTok, that that information um, pertaining to that. So on one hand, I'm not 
I'm not suggesting people should use it. I'm just saying <laughs> one good thing that came out of that, though, is it does seem to have um, brought some awareness around the the reality of just just how deep this child trafficking and pedophilia is, how rampant it is. Yeah, I've seen some I've seen some good videos on TikTok, but the majority of it is cancer. It's it's such mm. terrible. It's just terrible content. But there is some good, some good ones that pop up every now and then. But I mean, yeah. with those things, you could use other platforms to do it. But, yeah. I, but but I do see where you're coming from. So what is going on in Australia? Oh, yeah. Oh God, Australia. I've been wanting to hear this. Well, it's not necessarily Australia. It's more Victoria. It's more okay. where I'm I'm from. Australia as a whole has actually done pretty well. With this whole Corona thing, I mean, I know the the, the shutdowns and all that was pretty mm, bad for a few certain industries that really got hurt from it. But considering what the rest of the world has gone through, uh, our national government, I think, on a personal level, Scott Morrison has done pretty well on it. At the local level, this is where things are starting to get a bit stupid. I mean, Dan Andrews, who's part of the Labor Party of Australia, pretty much the Democrats of Australia, who apparently has been called out for it, has actually started to sell Victorian land to China. So that is another thing we're going to dig into a little bit more because being called out about that heaps. This guy has is an absolute moron. And what happened last week is we had a so-called surge in coronavirus cases. And a surge in Australia is like 50 people. Right? Yeah, it, it, it was terrible. And through that, as only happened a couple of days ago, where we've had this tower incident that a lot of the world has been talking about and a few videos that I posted online and a few other people have posted. So it was nine public housing towers were placed under hard lockdown on Saturday. Now, hard lockdown means that they cannot leave their apartments. What right. are they doing for food? People are bringing them food and stuff. Oh, wow. Leave, leaving them at the door of, like, the compound, pretty much. Wow. So they're pretty that much reminds under me of, like, arrest. China. Yeah, right? 100%, right? So, yeah, hard lockdown for these nine towers. And in, and in these nine towers, the majority of them are public housing. And this is in North Melbourne and Flemington. Both these suburbs are pretty close to each other. Um, and... There's 3,000 people that live in these nine towers. So this is 3,000 people that were pretty much under house arrest. And a lot of them are talking out. A lot of them are sending videos out. They're like, this is bullshit. Like, we feel like we're criminals. Right. You know I mean? Like, we can't leave. We can't do anything. This right. is all totalitarian. So, oh. and, and, and just yesterday, so eight of those towers are now off hard lockdown, uh, which means they can leave, but one is still under the... And so, they, so they've gone through and they've tested, and 150 people within those towers have been tested and diagnosed with corona, have been treated. But <coughs> for this, for this sort of tyrannical move to happen mm -hmm. in a place like Victoria, and considering the amount of cases, so only 22 people have died in Victoria since this has begun. Wow! Right. We've only had 3,000 confirmed cases for the last, what is it, five, six months? Yeah. Since it started, right? And 2,300 recoveries, right? It, it's, it's an absolute joke, but it's just crazy out of hand how this happened. And it doesn't surprise me that Dan 
Dan Andrews is is the premier of Victoria and has made this sort of move because he is an idiot and he's been called out for a lot of stuff, especially this thing on China. <coughs> there, there is good news on the Australian front, though, uh, which uh, happened the other day with this whole uh, China thing going on in Hong Kong with the national security law. Uh, the, the, the Australian government has issued a five-year extension for all Hong Kong students that are working in Hong Kong for safety reasons and then a chance from that five years to get permanent residence within Australia so they wow. don't need to go back to Hong Kong, which is actually, I think, is actually a brilliant move by the right. Australian government to do, especially cool. considering they're seeing this totalitarian move from China. Right. I, I, right. I think that's absolute brilliant on behalf of the national government. Um, and they've also been going back and forth with China. And like they were one of the nations that called an independent inquiry over this corona thing that they got called out by a couple of these far leftist countries. You know, they're saying Australia was a dog of America because they were apparently following their... Um, their footsteps, but 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 Australia's really cracked down on China, so I'm very surprised. Victoria hasn't, Daniel Andrews hasn't. I mean, he's still right. selling selling land to them, and apparently on the pipeline they're trying to buy out mines and all that Atlantic too. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's that's what's going on in Victoria. It's crazy. So we're now on lockdown for apparently another six weeks. Um, and more intimidation factors. It's it's like, look, we can do this to them. Don't think we can't do this to you. So you better just take orders. Pretty much, right? So it yeah. kind of sucks because I wanted to go fishing this week. So that's, that's ridiculous. My friends that own gyms, gyms had to close again. We were only open for a few weeks and then this happened again. Were you going to go crocodile hunting? Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah. sucks. That's what I do for fun. That's how I get my work out. That does suck. We just got an, an, an email today where I live in my community that they've decided, even though the swimming pool is filled with water and chlorinated and ready to rock and roll, we've decided that we just can't meet the guidelines. So, which, you know, requires hand sanitizers, temperatures at the doors, making sure people are wearing masks. Every time someone uses chairs and then leaves, they need to sanitize them all. It's freaking absurd. So the pool is going to stay closed for the entire summer. Thank you very little. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, all of these arbitrary... really upset about this, by the way. <laughs> all these arbitrary... Contrary rules. In some places, it's like you have to wear a mask and stay six feet apart, but the pools are still open. So it's hilarious to watch people wear their masks to the pool, it's take them off, and then get in the pool and Look mingle in the pool. It makes no sense. I read it's an article. I, I read an article the other day that that is, is a serious article that came out of left wing media that people should wear masks while having sex. Yeah, I saw that too. Absolutely ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I'm not opposed to jumping the fence. I did it several times <laughs> when I was young. In fact, I even had, well, I have kind of a funny story, but I even had um, a permanent scar across my shoulder from pool hopping once when I had to run from the cops. And <laughs> good times. 
Because there was a huge fine if you got busted, you know? So I'm, like, streaking through the neighborhood in my underwear. And I dove behind. They actually had dogs out. I'm not kidding you. They had dogs out looking for us. I dove behind a garden. And the it was pitch black. And the there was a garden post sticking up that just sliced my shoulder. Needless to say, I didn't get caught. <laughs> Ouch. Dude, jump it. Be a rebel. Go for a swim. Make the local uh, paper. So frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. Now I don't need to make the local paper, but yeah. So what's the uh what get, bring us up to speed on Maxwell and Flynn, Edge? Okay. Uh so Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, we got reports this week that she has her own stash of sex tapes that she may use as part of a plea deal or some sort of dead man switch to ensure she doesn't, you know, suffer the same fate of Epstein. Um, this is just according to an anonymous friend who told the Daily Mail this. So take that with a grain of salt. But this source did say the secret stash of sex tapes, I believe Ghislaine has scrolled away, could end up being her get out of jail free card if authorities are willing to trade. She has copies of everything Epstein had. They could implicate some twisted movers and shakers. If Ghislaine goes down, she's going to take the whole damn lot of them with her so we'll see if that develops uh it's interesting if she does have her own stash um now the first court appearance will be held via video teleconference due to coronavirus and uh that is going to be an arraignment and bail hearings uh the prosecution is expected to argue that she remain in custody just like epstein due to flight risk that's scheduled for july 14th at 1 p.m the judge is Allison J. Nathan. And what's interesting about her is that she is an Obama appointee who was a special assistant to Obama and an associate White House counsel. Okay, so, hmm. hmm. Yeah. And yeah, yes, hmm. one more one more thing is that James Comey's daughter is on the prosecution team, just as she was on the Epstein case. Yeah, yeah. So I oh. noticed in, in that court doc about the hearing, they had mentioned that the public can call in and listen to it. But then they also said people coming to the courthouse would be in another room where that video feed would be streamed. So I'm wondering if it's going to be streamed live publicly or they did you read that part where it talked about um like a no number? Okay. i'm trying to find information on that i wanted to see if i could watch it or hear it so i'll have to look into that yeah so the, to the best of my knowledge in the court doc it referred to how they were going to give out a number that the public would be able to call into i mean they they used the term public so but then they said only the attorneys, prosecutors, you know, a very small amount of people will be on the video stream, but that that would then be streamed into a room in the court. So I, for people that want, you know, public and other people that want to attend. So I, I do feel like there's somehow going to be access to this. We'll have, we'll have That'd to see. I'm sure we'll know more as we get closer to the date. Because I know people were speculating, was she even arrested? I mean, we didn't see 
you know, an arrest. We didn't see, to my knowledge, we haven't seen, you know, any photos, you know, when she was booked, um, right. anything like that. So any kind of confirmation that we can get would, I think, just at least rest people's minds that she is in custody. Um, because I know there was that kind of speculation. Everybody's speculating. All It's all over the map. Everybody's right. got all kinds of speculations, right. just like we had with Epstein because right. of the the hugeness of this case. And then again, that leads to, you know, is Maxwell even safe in this prison that she's being held at? And then, you know, there was a, a, a former NYC corrections official who was on Tucker this week as well, talking about this and, and saying, you know, he, he, that prison doesn't obviously have a good record. And he was actually proposing that she be taken to Rikers Island uh, since it's practically been empty uh, right. now due to coronavirus and this terrible policy by de Blasio and Cuomo to release prisoners. And mm -hmm. so he was saying, you know, we should just put her in Rikers Island, have a special emergency services unit, you know, handle guarding her and all that. Right. I, I don't, I don't know if that would actually happen, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I tried to check on more information as far as the security that she has. All I know at this point is that it, you know, it's the highest level of security, Yada yada yada. So right. And what's the update uh, on Flynn? Yeah. So this week, uh, the justice Justice Department announced they've found some more information relating to the FBI's investigation of General Flynn, including more notes taken by Strzok. And these documents include handwritten notes from Strzok taken on that same day, the January 25th meeting with Obama, Biden, Comey, others, um, as well as notes from the former Deputy Assistant Attorney General Tanisha Gower and notes from the Acting Attorney General Dana Bowenti. And all of these documents remain under seal by the court. But according to Sidney Powell, there are more documents that exonerate Flynn. And uh, these documents in the months before they approved the prosec prosecution of, of Flynn, these notes expressed criticism of continuing an investigation of Flynn under the Logan Act and skepticism about whether Flynn intended to lie uh, during the FBI interview. And these were all you know, the same sort of documents that Sidney had been requesting forever and never received. And they were all exculpatory evidence Flynn could have used to exonerate him. So it's just more of the same um, and clearly showing how you know, exculpatory evidence was withheld from Flynn uh, to drag this thing out um, you know, it would have exonerated him if he had received this information sooner. Right. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. All right, let me we roll in. Real Sorry, quick, we ahead. should mention the awesome news this week that it's official. We're pulling out of the, the WHO. That's right. Amen. <laughs> now, now let's Yay. do the UN and the CDC and the FDA and USA and all the others. Yes. Yes. We need a duck. Okay, go ahead. Swamp. All right. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> okay, so this Dr. Richard Bartlett in Texas. Um, this is really important, really important information. Uh, he's been practicing in Texas for 28 years, and we'll put the link to the video below. I'm sure some people have already seen this. It started going viral. We need to keep it going viral. Uh, so he has been using for uh, treatment for COVID back since March. He has been using a steroid nebulizer along with an antibiotic and zinc. And no one has died. Um, 
Now, what it is, is it's, how do you say this? Budesonide. I think it's budesonide. So it's actually, you know, a generic version, and it's inhale an inhaled steroid that he says it's better through the nebulizer than as like it's it's used for people with asthma and respiratory issues so rather than the inhaler though the nebulizer just goes right in it breaks up that inflammation um people are seeing relief after the first treatment and it's been around for 20 years it's proven safe so the cost of it is only like 200 dollars. that's without insurance and he also prescribes with it the antibiotic uh, clarith. Ugh, I'm terrible at pronouncing things. Clarithromycin, as well as zinc. But he says that the steroid, the budesonide, is the silver bullet. So, and and for his case, what the case he was making is that all these other places, these other countries, are using the same method, and it may not be the exact same steroid which he believes the budesonide is the best one. But in Taiwan, they've only had seven deaths. In Japan, less than 1,000 deaths. Singapore, 12 people have died. Iceland, only 10 deaths. They're all using the same method. And he goes on to explain that in Iceland, they found 243 mutations of this coronavirus, this COVID-19. And that was... In April, but he says, you know what? It's totally treatable. All the mutations are totally treatable. But the important thing is, is the early stages. And he was just as frustrated as the rest of us, how the CDC and Fauci and Burks, and they're all saying, no, if you're having some issues, don't go to the hospital. Just stay home, take some Tylenol. You know, if your fever gets really bad, because we just don't want our hospitals flooded. So in other words, we want you to get to the point where it's so extreme, you have to go to the hospital, go on a ventilator and die. Because you probably have comorbidities. So he's saying it's really important that, this, that you know you do this in the earlier stages, like we do with all diseases and all other issues. It's, it's the early stages is when you want to, to take care of those. Now, he got a call from Ted Cruz's office and was they're very interested in, in this treatment and this method and asked for some documents. So he has sent an unpublished paper to Cruz's office. They have it. And he was he was led to believe that within the next week, Trump would have it as well. And this was from, gosh, I can't remember the exact date, but I want to say he went on that particular news station in Texas maybe almost a week ago. So... So now he did also mention, which is interesting, is that NIH and the University of Oxford are now doing studies on this as well. But of course, at least with NIH, they're, it's like set up to fail from right out the gate because they're using the same criteria where they're, they're testing on people that are already severe, that are already in the hospital. And so they're their study is set to come out in October. So it's, it's the same people. And we already know, we already know Bill Gates has funded the university of Oxford on the other stuff too. And I, I think they were even doing one, um, a study on the hydroxychloroquine, weren't they a while back? So I got to tell you in my humble opinion, I, 
I've been saying this all along. Do you guys remember the report I did called, uh, it was the investigations and a battle for a vaccine? Yeah. Um, The tug of war between Gates and um, Trump and showing the timeline and showing their moves and how Trump has always pushed for the therapeutics. And even though he says we're working on a vaccine, he's always pushing the therapeutics and he's always pushing the optimism and we need to open schools and you need to keep churches open and stop keeping people in lockdown. And, and the FDA has made it very clear. Of course, you know, I still think we need some major swamp draining out of the FDA, but that said they have, they have, I've noticed that they've tried to intentionally make it clear that this vaccine will go through sort of a rigorous testings to make darn sure that it's, you know, up to par. And, and then we have, um, the, uh, the media fessing up to uh, the hydroxychloroquine is showing that it does work and saves lives. And so I just, I feel like there's a, yeah, the, the headlines were like surprising new evidence. Like, no, right, right. not surprising. <laughs> totally surprising to you. <laughs> right, exactly. So, but you know, we already know vaccines don't work for a lot of things, but, and there's a lot of bad things in vaccines, but the flu efficacy rate of their vaccines have been terrible over the years. And this particular virus is mutating so many times so quickly, they would have to constantly try to upkeep and alter a vaccine to meet that. It's just not, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. And I know Bill Gates will push this until he's on his deathbed and he's dumped millions upon millions into this. And for those that think he only funded fact seven factories for when they get their, you know, billions of vaccines rocking and rolling so they can make their trillions of dollars. Uh, 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 uh. this man is invested in it all. He's invested in the science, the research, the uh, studies, the media to control the narrative. He is pumping, you know, big pharma. He's pumping so much money into all of this. I've lost track of trying to add it up. So quick, let me ask you, what do you think about these new viruses that are emerging out of China again, you know, with the swine flu and the bubonic plague and all this, do you think coronavirus was like their dry run? They're like, their practice run for the one they want to do uh, that, you know, would, would finally implicate, you know, it would finally initiate the vaccine and all of their nefarious plans that go along with it. So here's what my gut says on that. I know a lot of people are concerned about that and there's real fears around that. And people think that they're going to release something that's just going to wipe out half the population um, and, and it's, you know, these people are all very capable of that from the standpoint of being that devious, that, that evil. However, I feel just based on the coronavirus alone and how they've carried out, carried this out, I feel like anything they're pushing at this point is is hoax driven more hoax driven more fear driven um not reality so 
for example, like the H1N1, you know, that strain is they're they're pushing like, oh, we're going to have this huge influx of this and it's coming over from China and yada, yada. It's already here. People have already been getting sick from this and people are not dying. So I feel like right now we're in this massive psyop and anything they try to push with additional pandemics is going to be very hoax driven. What do you think? I agree. I mean, people are totally uh, getting wise to this, this sort of routine now and um, spotting these, these um, psyops before they happen or as they're happening in real time. I think people are starting to wise up to this. Yeah, I do too. I really do. So I know you guys are working on um, a video pertaining to the Georgia Guidestones, right? Oh, we done it. Oh, you did it already. You already yeah, released we, it. No, we haven't released it yet. Oh, we okay. Editing now, but that was an interesting dive. It was. Yeah, it took us to some weird places. Like every time you thought you'd get somewhere, it would kind of take you to on another left turn. Me and Edge huh. actually had a had a lot a lot of fun with it. Yeah, a really interesting conversation. Um, there's a lot going on with the symbolism, and uh, we tried to tie it all together and at least do some key points on it and provide people with information that's not as well known, um, I think. So, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, so that, that should be out this week. And we also got one video blocked on Hivemind, so we'll also try to re-up that this weekend too. <laughs> it got uh, hate us. Yeah, it got, it got blocked. We got a copyright claim. Oh Lord! That that was on the Second Amendment, so Yeah. So if you're looking for that one, it it should be back up there soon once we get that all sorted out. Yeah, give, <laughs> give, give us a couple of days. We'll get it up. Yeah. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. All um, right. Good stuff. Yeah, we got through it, girls. Yeah. Well, that's pretty tough. pretty chill we, chill podcast. We could probably talk for another hour. There's so much going on. There is a lot going on. We had the soul, well, the mayor of Seoul was found dead this morning. It's another news headline that we haven't touched on, but that, that wow. happened. There's um, Trump's taxes. There's um, a, a few things that we, we can't get into here. But, yeah, uh, def- running out of time. <laughs> oh, no, we've hit the hour. We're, we're, we're going overtime now. Oh, boy. I know, we're working overtime. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We're running out of time. We can't. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should wrap it up then. We'll wrap it up. All over. right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here on Dig It with a speaker, myself, the Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and as always, YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Boom.